0: After trailing 2-0 after two losses in Carolina, the Rangers have come back to tie this series up after an incredible 4-1 victory at the Garden on Tuesday night. Can the Blue Shirts win this thing in six? We are joined by special guest co-host, former Rangers captain and MSG Network and ESPN Radio New York Rangers analyst, Friend of the program, Dave Maloney. It's Dave. It's Ron Duguay. It's Jake Brown. It's Andrew Hartz. Coming up
1: next on Up in the Blue Seats from the New York Post. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
2: Pop up high, cross-site, they score! Room for Lindgren, top of the circle, and he scores! For the trailing Lindgren, it gets behind Raja and Savannah Jazz scores! Here's a chance for New York, and they score! And the lead back to three, it's four to one.
0: Let's go, Rangers! Welcome back to Up in the Blue Seats podcast, our New York Rangers podcast from the New York Post. That montage you heard courtesy of ESPN. A huge 4-1 victory. This thing is going back to North Carolina, all tied up at two. The Rangers got the job done at home yet again and we're here to talk about it molly walker unable to do the show today busy woman traveling all over the globe with this team right now but joining me jake brown rangers great ron duguay andrew hartz friend of the program ranger great the youngest captain in rangers history you hear him on msg network you hear him on 98.7 fm espn radio calling these games Let's welcome back Dave Maloney. Dave, welcome back. The Continental Fine Wine star. Dave from Continental Fine Wines. Dave from the Rangers. What a game, huh? You were there. I was there. Ron and Andrew watching. This team is electric, and the Garden was rocking again.
3: Yeah, I do. And I've commended the garden all through the season. They've done a wonderful job of energizing that building. I mean, you know, in the days that we played and and through, uh, you know, there was electric, but uh, this is, there's a lot of stuff going on. And then this team's been fun to watch. They really have been. This has been a great story. You know, we've talked about it over the course of the season, how not a lot of people believed in, you know, this team early in the season and they've come along but they just you got to love the way they play you love what you hear from the coach it's just a, an old school guy that expects their players to be honest and work hard I think he keeps it pretty simple and uh, I love when he got I love what Lindgren did at the end of great game three uh, when Domi whacked him and he, he didn't think one for one second but what he was going back and then Last night, uh, you know, that kind of spilled over when Truba hit Domi. And what I loved about that sequence was they got it right. How many times do we see this season where Truba has hit someone in a legal check and had to defend himself, and there been no instigator call. So last night they got it right. The Rangers scored in the power play, and they went and went from there. So there's no question. It's uh, it's a wonderful time of the year, and the Rangers are playing well. And they're exciting to watch, and it's an electric building.
2: So Dave, when you you mentioned Coach Gallant, uh, you followed him through the course of the season. Uh, you had a good feel for uh, how he's getting the best out of these players. Their his technique. Are you seeing anything different? And what you're seeing in him in the playoffs, because it was an untested thing. He's got a lot of young players. He's having, you know, coaches have to make changes. And have you liked some of the changes he's made, how he's handling? Uh, It's been difficult, has been easy, especially when you go through the series against Pittsburgh. It was a team that was very inconsistent. You didn't know from one game to another what we were going to see on the ice. So now I think we're seeing a little more consistency, and you got to believe a lot of that comes from the coaching staff. Are you seeing a little something different, Coach Gallant?
3: Not not so much, uh, Duke. I, I think the things that have been impressive uh, about him, and I do if I, if I've told this story to you before. Forgive me, but you know he was asked his first day at camp if he had visited with any of the players in the summertime, and he said, you know, I'll get to know them come camp. I really don't know. I've watched video and just." And and in any interview you hear from him or his staff. So when I'm on the sidelines for television, the interview a coach between the second and third period. And I honestly, I've never heard them look back in criticism. It's always what they've done, learn from what they've done, and next shift, next period, next game. And that's been a consistency right from day one. And also like what you hear from you know every coach, I think. Uh, has its time, right? His time. Like Tortorella came in after Tom Rennie. Then they needed Vigneault, was a little less uh, barking. And Vigneault kind of drifted. And you get David Quinn, who had a young group and was really hands-on. Now this younger group is a little bit older. Their top players are a little bit older and they don't need the hands-on manager. You know, he just expects them to play hard. It's so simple when you listen to him talk. So do I answer your question? You know, I was a little surprised when Kaco got bumped last night. Uh, For Mott, I I think Kako just needs the minutes, but they can't find minutes for him. He's, you know, Lafreniere and and Heedle have done a nice job. They just can't find the minutes for Kako. I think he's played well, but that worked. I mean, Mott was quick on that line. And then it was an interesting one. He bag skated them after game four in Pittsburgh. And I remember, you know, thinking, wow. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever heard that, you know, at this time of the year. And yet you know they come back and win three straight. so he's really really old school but he's not a he's not a barker you talk to him he's a, you know he's a family guy he's a quieter guy did you you didn't play with him dude did he come after you
2: <laughs> no we played uh, together two years in Detroit oh, Detroit right yeah so I was there when he was when he came in as a rookie
3: right and well I loved the when you know sadly enough it was uh, the results of uh, bossy and Gilly's passing away. Uh, But his comment was he grew up in PEI, Prince Edward Island, and the Islanders happened to be his favorite team. And when asked about the the situation and he said, I grew up an Islander fan. He said, I want to pass the puck like Trottier. I want to score like Bossy and I want to fight like Gillies. And I I thought that was so cool. I remember him. I, I didn't play against him. But he was, uh, you know, he's a pretty rugged, hard-nosed player. I could score a little
0: bit. Mention of fighting. Ron, I'd love to get your reaction to the hit. I mean, Truba, he didn't just hit Dome. He just absolutely leveled him. And the Garden was in love with it. What did you think of the hit? Legal? Did you like it? Was it the message that kind of needed to be sent to Domey after the end of the last game, Ron?
2: Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm sure they were told before the game, if the opportunity is there, go after it. Otherwise, don't chase it. Right, because we we have to concentrate on playing our game and not be so focused on the other team. So sure enough, the opportunity was there. I mean, Domi had his head down, a little off balance, and Truba, being Truba, he sensed that there was an opportunity. He goes after it. Now it looked worse than what it was. He Domi slides, and he part of the hit goes you know on his chin and his head. But the officials did the right thing. There was a good call. That could have really changed things around if it would have been a bad call. It was a good call. It was legal. And I like what, how Max handled it. He said, okay, good. He got me back, right? So uh, Domi didn't get all goofy and crazy. And I'm surprised they even put him on the ice towards the end because uh, it allowed the Rangers to go after him, which Reeves did. So that's a part of the game that we love. I love hit and get hit without the goofy fighting. And so we're seeing that. And, and it's very entertaining. It's good for the fans. So I think it was a good non call. I believe, Dave, you feel the same.
3: Yeah, no question. I mean, I don't know if you continue to follow through. So he hits Doming, in comes Lorenz. And I'm telling you, crew we got the stick up. And, and I'll tell you, Lorenz got a mouthful of composite. That's totally old school. Then he comes in, and then Truba finishes off with a couple of rights down when he got him down. So I just thought the whole sequence, I just love the fact after when Lindgren got hit it right away at the end of game three, went after him. You know, we listened listen to this play whistle the whistle, and you know, okay, I get it, but... <laughs> sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. And listen, or, you know, like I said, I'm, I I was a lot braver as a radio guy when they signed Reeves myself. So, (laughs) so so the, uh, but no, there that. And, but it does come back to the coach. I I don't know how verbal he is, uh, but there's been enough character in that room to kind of set the right pace when it comes to being, you know, you can't be turning your cheek all the time. So I thought, I thought the hit was awesome. Uh, I thought it was, and I loved even more how he protected himself when Lorenz came in. And then when it got him down and knocked him a couple more times. So Carolina wants to play that type of game, which they, they just don't have it. They don't have the personnel to play that type of game. So the Rangers, you know, if it's there, it's there. It's a little bit like the Islanders, right? When the Islanders felt like, you know, they had to kind of get down to business and get physical, they could. If they'd rather play. Well, that's what I got. The impression is, and uh, you know, the Rangers would all rather play, but if you want to get after one another, I, I don't think they have a problem with that.
2: So, Dave, would it be safe to say, cause I know you and I know the type of player you were, there's certain players you really appreciate. Would linger be that guy, the way he plays, he's mucking it up. He's giving it, he's taking it every game. I think he's got a cut. He's bleeding. He's got that look on his face. He looks like a caveman. I got to believe he's one of your favorites out there.
3: No, no question and i we had this discussion uh earlier on one of your, your shows dude and, and brownie the uh, uh captain's role and he was my guy you know guy i'm surprised he's not one of the alternates to kind of be a voice for the younger group and i remember doing a, a at the draft of uh, the caco draft they brought in Lindgren. they brought in hayek they brought in hedel uh, howden and, you know, we had uh, John G and and I had a little interview session with him, and they all deferred to Lindgren. He just has that kind of presence. And, and again, and uh, I remember saying to him at, at one time, boy, oh, boy, you could have played in our generation. And he kind of looked and I said, that's a compliment. Believe me, that's a total compliment. You know, he's just terrific influence, terrific. And, and he and Fox... Uh, he works so well with Fox and Fox works better with him. They're both better together than they are apart as a defensive unit. And they bring aspects. One is the uh, one guy gets the puck. The other guy's either the first out or the last out, but they position themselves appropriately that they are that, you know, he's been great. Uh, I absolutely love Ryan. It's terrific.
4: Ron and Dave, you guys both kind of mentioned it. The incident that happened at the end of game four, where Ryan Reeves essentially went after Max and just kind of set him, Straight, essentially, you saw him. He kind of, you know, hit him with a stick. He kind of roughed him around a little bit. Was that kind of the end of the Max Domi situation for the series? Is that is that over now? Has that been resolved after the Truba hit? Is that done, or is there a chance that we'll see that spill over and and this is going to keep going on for the rest of the series here?
2: Well, you know what? A follow up to that, and I'm going to pass this on to Dave. And I, the Dave, the question I was going to ask you with the way things are right now. The Rangers even things up playing a certain way. Do you feel because of that, because the the Rangers showed their strength, they show they can score. Moving forward, do you think now Carolina are sitting back a little bit on their heels? A statement has been made. And if they feel like they're going to get physical, there's going to be some pushback? Here's the thing
3: with Carolina. Carolina is a big, fast, relentless team. So I was on the sidelines for the two games at the end of the season when they came in, right? And right from the bell to the final bell, they were relentless. 12 forwards and six defensemen, all hard, hard, hard. But now when you watch them, they don't create an awful lot off of their their hard physical play and if you can just match them like in in which the Rangers have done a tremendous job five on five right they're the two best teams in the regular season and goals against so they can both defend and i just think if you are willing to do those little things battle on the boards when their defenseman pinched down if you're a winger do you you at least nullify the, the 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 defenseman or can you chip it out let alone, can you make a play and catch them going the other way in an odd man rush? So I just think the longer you watch this thing, Shvetsukov hasn't done anything. Ajo has been their most valuable player. I think he's, you know, what have they scored? They've scored six goals, seven, whatever. He's got like five points. Other than that, you would admire the way they work. They're going to play the same way. They're not going to be fighting. They're really not. They're going to play hard. And I I just think the Rangers have done a wonderful job five on five. So the answer to me, the carryover, I don't know that it's to Carolina's benefit to do that. I don't think it's in their game. And the Rangers now can continue to kind of play with that swagger. That you know, all right. I loved too when uh, it was in the third period when uh, Reeves grabbed a hold of D'Angelo.
0: Oh, the <laughs> crowd loved that too. The crowd, the Tony sucks <laughs> chance came out very loud at the Garden.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, you know, he just grabbed a hold of him because I, th- I, I think he expressed a little remorse between games three and four. Did Reeves for paying a little too much attention to what Lindgren was doing and not what D'Angelo and the coach had going on. So Carolina, third best record in the league. I think what you're seeing now would be interesting whether Anderson will come in, because once again, I think the longer it goes, you've got to get exposed with Ranta. From my standpoint, I I just don't know how much Carolina creates off the relentless play. Then can somebody make a play? That's the question. I I just have been impressed because the Rangers have a number of guys who will hang in there, fight and battle, and then make a play.
0: That second period play, I mean, that is a game-changing play, because listen, Lorenz gets two minutes for instigating. He gets five for fighting and he gets a 10 minute misconduct. So he's out of there sitting in the box. I hope they had like some margaritas in there for him or something. He was in there for like an hour. It felt like, and you know, Truba got the five minutes for fighting the the power play goal. And then the second goal, I mean, Chris Kreider, not only does he just score his goals, he's, you know, auditioning to play in the MLS. I mean, he kicks a puck, keeps it alive, Dave. And that leads to, you know, the goal. That was incredible. The fact that he kept alive, mean, he loses his stick and it makes it a two nothing game. And that lights up the garden. That is a heads up and aware play from a savvy vet who should probably be joining you and wearing the C next season.
3: Yeah, uh, a couple of things about uh, uh, Kreider, although uh, Kopp made a wonderful play on the boards and then it gets it over to Lindgren and, and Fox to flex it. But, but again, going back to the first two games, you really had really a non-participation from Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, Artemi Panarin, and even Adam Fox to a certain degree. You aren't going anywhere without your top players driving the show or at least contributing. And you hope your depth fills in, right? So Kreider makes a good play, kicks it up, keeps the play alive, and Kopp makes a wonderful pass across once again, and and now you're up two nothing. So I just think that um, you know that the Rangers again played well enough in games one and two. That's the thing that I think you've got to be confident uh, from a team standpoint. And when we're watching, is they played well enough to get uh, at least one game in Carolina. It'll be interesting to see as this thing moves on.
2: Area of improvement uh, for the Rangers, because we want them to uh, go into Carolina and find a way to win. Um, Strom, Panarin, they're just not, we're not seeing their A game. Would it be wise to possibly make a change switching out zabinajad and Strom with Panarin? Because zabinajad is playing well, but Strom and Panarin, they're just not clicking. Could you see that type of change moving forward, or you just stick with it?
3: Well, to me, it's not so much if you move him, then what does that do to Kreider and Vitrano? I think by and large, see the issue with, uh, I from my observation with Panarin, Panarin rarely drives Drives the offensive zone, right? He's going to come in, and we saw this coming down at the end of the season, and he's going to pull up and he, he buys himself a little time for the guys who are coming in support or wide. But when you're playing a same team every other night and you get into a series, now they're onto him, right? And they're onto him and they don't give him quite as much. He, he hasn't got nearly the space that he has in the regular season. And that's what happens in a smaller game. So to me, you know, you do need uh, more from Ryan Strom. You need more. But I, I just wonder if you make that switch, Ron, w- w- whether you compromise then Kreider and vitrano I, I, I'm not sure. And then the real good, the things that um, Kietel has been terrific. That's been a real um, eye-opener, right? So he can move up in the wing. He can play in the middle. So... The key is for that group, for Strom and Panera's line, is to play even five on five. And then the two of them go to work in the power play, you know, and be a factor that way, more in the power play. But they've got to hold their own five on five. It'll be interesting because really, if you're switching things around, I always think if you're winning, why bother switching things around? Now, they've made a couple of minor tweaks, but usually if you're... Switching things around. Carolina switched things around after the first two periods in game one. Moves Fetchinkoff up, move guys around because they were be badly outplayed. But they've been consistent since then. And, you know, the games have been that close. It hasn't, been, you know, there's not a great degree of separation. So, Personally, I think you just leave it alone and take your chances. And if there's drastic changes, then it means that things aren't going well.
2: So, Dave, I'm going to ask you this because I, you know, we've both played the game and there's certain things that we can we can spot that we think there could be some change. Because there's no there's that elimination of the red line, these long stretch passes, I see so much of it. And you as a defenseman, when you see that, I I personally feel when I'm watching the Rangers, they're constantly looking for that stretch pass. Now, that stretch pass sometimes is to a player. He tips it. It goes in. Now you go in and on your forecheck. But to me, often I see it as a giveaway because often you tip it down and then Carolina has the puck. Now they have control. Yes, they're defending in their end, but they have control. I would prefer to see the players be a little tighter like we used to do, go up as a unit of five, more give and goes. Too often, a defenseman feels like he's got to move it up. He just gives it away when his defense partner is wide open, right? So do you see that? Do you spot that as a defenseman?
3: Yeah, no, you do see it a lot. But that's – it's interesting because all teams look for the stretch pass. You know, that's just the way I think the game is played now. Now it's coached because they're – There are a number of issues when you watch the game where you go, why in the world is there so much chaos in your own end? You know, like puck pursuit, going after people and and this, that. If you're in your own end, they're eventually coming to the net. So you've got to protect there. So the same thing with the stretch. I just think that that's the way it's it's coached that way in elite youth now. Um, USA Hockey has a certain player that they want to play. And I guess what I don't like happening is even if you do, and then you look for that pass, from inside your blue line, and hoping that your guy tips it because then it becomes a, a, the play stays alive. But a lot of times he misses it. So you go from possession to kind of a bit of hit-and-hope play. Now you got to defend the defensive zone face-off. So those are a little few things. See, Lindgren and, and Fox work really – the other two guys do too, though, Fox and Truba, they, or Truba and uh, Miller. They do a little better job of kind of holding the puck and, and, and making sure there is some support. But the longer it goes, there's less support. And you're like, okay, now, and a lot of times it does end up either turn the puck over and now you're defending a defensive zone face-up, but all the teams play that way. And I just think that that, for whatever reason, is another thing that for all those of us who, you know, you come out as five, you have support around the puck in your own end, and then you get to the middle. of the I see that's what I liked about Her- Herbie's system. You come out as a, and if it wasn't there, you bump it back, you know, you bump it back and keep it keep possession, but it's just different time, different, uh, different animal. And I just think that most teams play that way. You you know, they just think that that gives them more, more time and space, I suppose.
4: So the storyline that we're seeing now though, especially with Carolina is that they haven't won a playoff game on the road and they're undefeated at home. So Dave, what do the Rangers need to do to, to essentially break that streak at this point? Obviously went into a tough arena in pittsburgh managed to win there what do they need to do to knock carolina off their undefeated streak at home and able to at least take it back to game six and try to you know wrap this thing up at home at the garden
3: you know i honestly i have no issues with the first two games if you get beat by um ian cole on a deflection in overtime and you get beat by brandon smith on a shorthanded goal that's like we got we lost to Kenny Morrow, you know, in Game Five. It's just fate, right? Like I I I said that during the telecast. Like and I've said it over the years. Like Kenny Morrow, like you know, a hell of a defenseman, but he gets the goal in overtime, and it's Ian Cole who's had two goals in his whole life, I think. So that to me is just fate, you know. You go back to Game One. It's a one nothing game with less than four minutes to play, and Aho makes a great play on Shostakin and then it's a deflection. And it's really a nothing-nothing game in, well into the second period, and you give up a shorthanded goal on a four-minute power play. It's that close. And that's what I said before. I think if I'm if I'm that Ranger room or that Ranger coach who said we played, and I do believe they played well enough to get at least one win. Just keep playing. Play hard five-on-five. Five. Your goaltender seems to have um, very quickly figured out what happened in Pittsburgh. And he's going to be there to make the save. And... If you get a chance in the special teams, penalty killing has been great. Carolina hasn't scored. I don't – honestly, I don't think they have to change anything. Just continue to play and match the relentless play with which Carolina needs to play with because they're not – they don't create an awful lot for the amount of energy they expend hounding and grinding.
2: Give us an idea – what, your gut feeling moving forward, your prediction on what you think, how you think this is going to end uh, with what you're seeing and what you're feeling because you're so close to the game. What do you think is going to happen?
3: I think they win tomorrow night and win in six. I do. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 and, There's
4: my prediction right there.
3: <laughs> the uh, And I'm not really I, – I really don't – if I don't think that's the case, then I would. I wouldn't say that. But I just think it's going to be – if they can just maintain really how they played, and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. If it doesn't happen and they play the same game, and Shosturkin gives them the, the, what he's, we know he's going to give them, then it's just fate, you know. It just wasn't meant to be. But I, I really like their chances. I really like their chances. They, they're not intimidated by the Roshes crowd in in uh, Carolina. They held their own five on five. That's important because most of the game is played five on five. And I remember, uh, dude, when Fergie, when we made that first playoff uh, against Buffalo, And I remember his first meeting and Fergie had won five cups and he said, it's playoff time, it's goaltending and special teams. Well, if you look at how that's played out, that's where the Rangers have won and been competitive in the first four games. So, you know, again, obviously I hope that that's, true uh, I don't want to be wrong in this one but uh, that's how I look at it the we'll win tomorrow night in Carolina and win at home the game
0: it took it took us 20 minutes guys we finally mentioned shift Sterkin. I mean this guy has come alive this series he's been dominant you know he struggled a bit in Pittsburgh turned it around but he's been absolutely sensational has made some unbelievable saves in this series and You know, we talked about this on the pod, you know, last week we are saying the Carolina fans, Dave, aren't as bad as the Pittsburgh fans towards Igor. You didn't have the Igor chance uh, down there, Carolina. So we need that Southern hospitality to continue for our goaltender. So they don't heckle him in game five and this, then your prediction could come true. I think it's going to go 7. I'm going to be in in Charlotte on Monday, so I'm going to, I think, make the drive to Raleigh and go to Game 7 if it happens. Tickets are a little bit cheaper than they are here in New York City. It's the Southern Hospitality ticket pricing as well.
3: (laughs) Although you might have to get somebody in the area code to uh, or zip code to buy the ticket because they are pretty adamant about having uh, Ranger fans in there, but it's it's all good stuff. It's playoff hockey and um, the Rangers have been fun all year to watch and and it's a really great group of guys you really like what you hear from the coaching staff so that's why you play them you go and if you're going to play it you might as well win
0: what's your prediction hearts in six dave in six me in seven what do you got i'm going to seven seven game seven absolutely all right rangers in seven all right you went from uh dave training uh young rangers like ron de to training new workers at the, the continental fine wines Continental oh, you know, Fine
3: we, Wines. Yeah. we
0: deserve a referral apparently he said there was a customer who heard the podcast and came in to say hello to you
3: yeah that's exactly right came down here his wife came down from newtown connecticut which is about you know about an hour drive and uh he was kind of lurking around and uh, it was good it's uh, it was good and he said uh Heard it on uh, the podcast with Duke and Molly and uh, good stuff. So it's all fun. And uh, I had nothing to do with uh, Duke's success as a player and his off-ice stuff too. So I had nothing to do with that. He he came loaded for bear on both areas.
2: <laughs> and so Dave, Dave, I, when you said about Fergie came in, said uh, goaltending and power play. And, and by the way, Dukes, can you just get home at a reasonable hour? <laughs>
3: Yeah, those are the days where it was a badge of honor to play hurt. So, uh, you know, but it was all good stuff. And I can't help but think that how quickly time has gone by and we're still kind of plugging away at this game in a different capacity. So it's all good stuff. Did you guys party
0: after playoff wins like a win like last night? Maybe the reins are out. Maybe they're not. I assume, Ron, you did. Dave, I don't know about you. But did you go out and celebrate these kind of big wins?
3: I mean, I remember when we beat the Islanders going out, we went like uh, I, only, I, I only went to Studio 54 twice. And I remember the first time I was there, I go into what I thought was the men's room, right? <laughs> like, oh my god what in the world is going on here <laughs> and, and then the second time was after we beat the islanders so you know again I, sir i had my moments of uh, you know we moments and stuff and that's why again i will say and um when ron was working for the network i'd be asked like are you, are you hanging out with ron are you partying with him and i said I couldn't do it when I thought I had game. <laughs> so no, he and I, my roommate was Donnie Murdoch. And uh, I would hear the stories from uh, murder. So I, I guess I lived vicariously through both uh, Doug and uh, Donnie Murdoch. Good
2: stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, Dave, one of the reasons why we were a tight knit team is that we hung out together. I, I mean, I love the road trips. I, I mean, I had fun in New York City, but I love the road trips because then we got to hang out with the merry guys. Right. Because they they would they would. Uh, it was funny because you'd see them come into a home game and they would look a certain way. Then they go on the road. Their best suits came out to go on the road. <laughs> and it was just good hanging out with the older guys. we all be together. But what, what I'm trying to say is we came together as a, uh, a band of brothers, and a lot of it had to do with going out. Going out, we all went to the same place. We all wanted to be together. There was no separation. So once the playoffs come, uh, we felt, well, let's not change a thing, right? <laughs> we didn't change a thing. I, at least I didn't. And it kind of hurt me towards the end when we went up against Montreal. Uh, by that time, you know, it kind of catches up to you. But uh, more than anything, it's 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 a way to to get to know your brother, your brother on the team. And uh, so we did a lot of that. And I think that's one thing that's kind of missing in today's game. Um, so we had a lot of fun. That was one of the reasons why we went to the finals.
3: Yeah. No, it's no, uh, no question. I mean, it's a different time now. It's a, it's a bigger business uh, and I respect how uh, the guys go about their business. Uh, but I, I do. And, you know, oftentimes I think we have had more fun. We didn't make as much money, but boy, oh boy, we sure, sure had some fun doing it. It's great. And
0: it takes that kind of camaraderie and resiliency and you know, no quit in New York has been the. Uh, you might use these when you were drinking at Studio 54. Uh, th- th- you know that's important when you're down 2-0, guys. And like half your mind's like, all right, I got a you know vacation to Cabo next week. Molly had to cancel her Memorial Day trip weekend trip because the Rangers are still in it. You know, half of you's checked out, half of you's like, all right, let's try and come back. I think that's what's also made this Rangers team so special. From three one, from two zero now to two two. I imagine there were times you guys were down and part of you was thinking, man, this off season is going to be nice. This next week's going to be nice. And the other half of you is thinking, all
2: right, let's fight together and try to get back in this thing. Well, I think Dave will tell you that uh, once you get in a position to be able to win and you think you can win, you can win the Stanley cup. It's when you've been on bad teams, you realize it's hard to get there. So when you're there, you want to do it when you can. And so I think when you're looking at the Rangers right now, I mean, no one thought they'd be in the final four, you know, they thought, you know, where they're at top six, top eight. Yeah. But now they have an opportunity. They have a real opportunity. If they stay healthy, Shesterkin stays healthy. They stay healthy to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, it's the opportunity's there right now. They beat Carolina next thing you know. Yeah, they're going up against uh, Tampa, but you just don't know. So the opportunities there, you do not want to pass up on it and think, oh, it may happen some other year because it's hard to get there.
3: Yeah. And I will say personally, I, I don't. Uh, ever recall until I was out, till it was done, that I, that we were done, you know. And I remember, um, you know, in the regular season when those teams in the in the uh, mid to late '70s where we we weren't very good, but we were growing. We had young guys. Uh, when it got to the end of the season, you know, you weren't even in the playoffs. But honestly, I I don't ever remember thinking, oh boy, I can't wait to get to Cabo. <laughs> you know, uh, I really don't. Uh, I don't and uh they, that was my particular wiring and uh but it is uh, we talked off off uh, off podcast about how much more fun it is winning and I, i'll tell you i defy anybody to think any different because winning i don't care how you win how you got to do it there is no better feeling than winning losing sucks winning's
2: awesome yeah, Dave, It just when you said about um, Cabo, I remember Fort Lauderdale. I think it was our, after our first season, uh, we decided, well, let's go down south. We end up at uh, Fort Lauderdale. I don't know. There might have been four or five of us. And Mike McEwen was one of them. <laughs> Q. He came back
3: paler than when he went down there. <laughs> I don't think he left his room. <laughs> yeah. God knows. And, uh, I don't,
2: I don't want to get into what he was doing, but a lot of it was, uh, we had a blast. So we had fun playing. We've, we had fun hanging out and I'll never forget that trip. Cause we did have a blast. Of course, Donnie Murdoch was there. He, <laughs> uh, I we could get into stories right now, but
0: <laughs> you've told a few of them from studio 54 and Donnie Murdoch where. uh, he did the old hand test and the, yeah, I don't even want to relay it again.
2: Well, we get, a, I get a knock on the door on that place where we're staying and it was this woman with a suitcase <laughs> and she was coming in to see Dottie. Yeah. <laughs> a long week, right? Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, we've had a lot of bla- a lot of fun. So, anyways, Dave, thanks a lot for, for joining us today. And uh, hopefully
3: we can do it again and uh, keep this winning thing going and uh, keep up the good work. It's all good stuff.
0: Yeah, Dave, we'll, we'll catch you on the broadcast. Dave Maloney, MSG on Twitter and Continental Fine Wines. If you're in Greenwich, go get a bottle or, or seven bottles uh, with <laughs> Dave there. Dave Maloney, thanks for coming on up in the blue seats.
3: All right, guys. It's always fun. Keep up the good work.
2: I did. I said, I'm going to stop picking on you.
3: All right,
0: Ronnie, that'll wrap up episode 91, the Sammy Blay edition of Up in the Blue Seats, our Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Ron, if they go to another round, maybe we see Sammy Blay back on the ice.
2: Yeah, well, thank you, Jake and Andrew for producing the show. Uh, Another good one. Love Dave Maloney. You know, he's become a really, well, he's always been a good friend because we were teammates. We've been through a lot. And as we discussed, it was stuff on the ice and off the ice. Really, when you talk about being able to analyze the game. He's really good at it. So it was good to have him on the show. We miss Molly, though, but we understand she's uh, she's going at it hard. But today, was a lot of good stuff. Moving forward, we're going to see what the Rangers can do, if they can find a way to win in Carolina. they got to deal with the fans there, because you think the fans are loud in New York at the Garden. You, Carolina, it's really something else. And Jake, I know you're going to be there this week. If you have an opportunity, you may want to go to the game. Yeah, well, I
0: fly in Thursday, get in the afternoon. I don't think Thursday's going to happen, but but I already informed my parents. I'm like, the problem is they share a car right now. So that's the thing. I if they, they might be getting another car. So I'm hoping to get a second car and let me borrow it. I'll go alone. Like I, I have a couple of friends in Raleigh, so might have somewhere to crash. But then I come back to New York Tuesday morning. So if there's a game seven, you know I will find for the sake of the podcast, I will find my way there. And I'll find Molly there in Raleigh. And listen, if they make the next round, you know Molly's going to be pumped because she's going to Tampa. She'll be chilling by the pool. In 80-degree weather, no more hole-in-the-wall bar. She's going to Tampa. And we know there's a lot to do. She can see our good friend Phil Esposito. Hearts, your prediction, let's pray it comes true. I mean, I'm going to be pissed that I can't go to Game 6, but shout-out to my brother. Congrats to him for getting married this weekend. C- Got to go to that. I couldn't skip out for that for Game 6. But Hearts, uh, let's hope you get this right and they can close it out at home.
4: Look, it's just like last series where I said all you had to do is win one game in Pittsburgh. And the way the Rangers have played at home and the way that the Hurricane Kings haven't played on the road it just it feels like the same exact thing all you got to do is win one game in carolina now i hope it's going to be the next one and we could just move on and take care of business in game six but if they do win home in game six It's just one game in Carolina, and I have all the faith in the world. If Igor stays hot like he's been, we'll be able to get to the next round. They might need more cowbell like Ron texted us last night. (laughs) Apparently, you do have a cowbell heart,
0: but uh, you did not bring it with us.
4: Listen, whenever we do a live show, and hopefully we'll be doing a live show soon, you will hear the cowbell in person Bank on it.
0: Yes, Ron, you, you
4: failed on our
0: live show attempt, but if they make the next round, can you guarantee the listeners, Ron, if they make the Eastern Conference Final? And I hate that we're speaking ahead, but we got to think about it because the next show will be after this round. So we'll be back with you on either Monday or Tuesday if there's a game seven. So, Ron, can you guarantee us? If there's Easter Conference Finals, we will do a live show in New York City.
2: I guarantee you we're going to do a live show. if If they move on to the next round, I guarantee I will be there. We'll do the show. It's something we've been wanting and talking about. I've gotten so comfortable here in Florida just sit in front of my television where things are nice and quiet, where I can actually watch the game. But I will be in New York to watch one of those games. There's the guarantee. All right, well,
0: coming up to end the show here, we will have some fan reactions from a big game For I like to go outside the garden and see how the fans are feeling because the city was buzzing. I mean, people are screaming, let's go Rangers. I like to walk down the stairs to hear the fans doing the chants down the stairs. Sometimes smells like cigarettes down there. People taking sig breaks because they're stressed from the game. But we're going to hear from the fans for number 10, Ron Gay, Andrew Hartz. I'm Jake Brown. Make sure you catch up on all episodes of Up in the Blue Seats on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Give us a five-star rating on Apple. Write a nice review. Give us a five-star rating on Spotify as well. All right. We'll end the show with the fans from you, including an interview with Dancing Larry. Right here on Up in the Blue Seats. Peace. Scott from Rockland County. This series is all tied up. How are you feeling about it?
1: They played great tonight. I was very pleased with everybody, especially Lindgren. I feel like Lindgren all series has been just ride or die. Like That dude just sacrifices his body every night. I'm almost like worried, but he plays so hard. Play the big hits, go for the puck. Rangers in six. They bring the energy from the garden to the next game.
0: What's your message to Tony D'Angelo?
1: Weak. He's weak. He says he doesn't get bothered by us, but he was clearly bothered by us tonight. Let's go Rangers, baby.
0: Paddle, Long Island. Series is tied at How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling great. I think we got it. We're coming back. We have the momentum. Going back to Carolina, I think we're going to take it. Let's go, Rangers! Rangers! Dancing Larry, series is tied. How you feeling right
1: now? I'm feeling great. I am feeling really good. Even after we lost the first two games in Carolina, I thought the Rangers played great. They should have taken game one, but now it's a whole new series. Carolina is due for their first loss at home on Thursday night. Let's do it and be nice to come back here and wrap it up Saturday. But you know what? Take it one game at a time. But we're back in the series. It's 2-2, and there's no reason why we cannot beat this team. If we could somehow find a way to win Thursday, I'm going Rangers and 6 back home here Saturday night the Garden.
0: How long have you been dancing, Larry?
1: I've been dancing, Larry, since 1996.
0: Can you give me the very quick story of how it started?
1: friend of mine used to do the dance when the Rangers won the Cup in 94. One night, he wasn't there, Strike It Up came on. This was 1996. I didn't want to get up and embarrass myself and do the dance. The next game, he wasn't there again. I did a little jig in front of my seat. I did the dance. The next game, he wasn't there again. We're talking back in 1996. And all of a sudden, while I'm dancing, I look up at the scoreboard, and I was on the garden vision, and that's how the whole Dance Larry thing was born.
0: What are your thoughts on Ron Duguay?
1: Ron Duguay is awesome, man. I always love Ron Duguay. He's the best. Let's go, Rangers!
0: Jake, what the heck are you wearing right now? I'm wearing food. Like, that should be a sign that I need to lose weight.